today's podcast a little bit before three o'clock Thursday, January 5th. I don't write a lot. It's not like we're in school anymore. Do they even write a lot in school? So hopefully you have not needed to battle writing 2022 into February. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the podcast today. I got to spend some time earlier with some uh, some people I really like at a place I like going to, Lords, for their instant admission fair day, and I got to talk with them um, about that that whole thing. But also, hey, I don't know if UT played their subs, but that game was fairly competitive considering the levels of college basketball that Lords and UT compete at. I think it was like one hundred two eighty seven, and Lords even had a lead for for a minute. It was competitive. It would have been a historical upset, but really a historical upset if Lords beat the men's basketball team at UT. Um, but it also could have gone the other way where UT wins by one of those crazy scores like 110 to 32. And it makes uh, makes sports highlights for the bad reasons, for all the bad reasons. Some really good news with the stories we've both been fo- we've all been following closely this week. Uh, Jeremy Renner, it was a seven-ton snowplow that that went over him. Also, look up look up his his ex. I think it's his ex. There's some wild stuff there. Uh, Jeremy Renner posted some more stuff, a video, cracked a bit of a smile, called it like, I guess, like an ICU spa day as his sister and, and mom visited. He's not nearly out of the woods. Neither is Damar Hamlin, but neurologically intact is probably the best phrase we're going to hear. The best phrase so far in... 2023 neurologically intact that means his brain still works because it's very it's very possible after what happened monday night for his body to work but brain dead vegetable he is not that thanks to the heroism and haste and speed with which the first responders um performed on monday night so he's neurologically intact he can communicate can't talk but he's been uh writing this is uh writing to the doctor uh, he even wanted to know if they won on Monday night. And uh, the doctor said the answer is yes, Tamar, you won the game of life. So he has shown substantial improvement from, from where he's coming from. He's got a long way to go. He is still, as I saying, critically ill, but neurologically intact, which is the some of the best news we could hear at this point in time. Um, what's something you... And in a couple minutes, I want to tell you something I'm terrible at. You know the the patience thing. I share that often. I have I'm bad with patience, and as you know, I say it's a strength to know your weakness. You can do your best to hide it, mitigate it. I have another one that that arose yesterday. First, what's one of the most important things you look for when you get a new vehicle? Not price. That's obviously top. What's in the top five? Comfort, how it rides features. Within the last year, it was BMW threw the story out there. I think it was only their European vehicles. They might start charging people like a membership or a subscription for heated seats. Usually we that that's an option now. And you can't even necessarily do a la carte options with vehicles as much as you used to. Um, like you could have heated seats if it was in the package you chose. You just, just couldn't pick heated seats and go Again, a la carte. I want heated seats, but not this. I want that, but not. Um, it's packages now. BMW is kind of at it again at the uh, electronic show out in Vegas. Um, this is way down the road, but way down the road will be here sooner than you know it. I would think when you're choosing a vehicle, 
color is very important. It's got to be in your top five of things you want. I am much less so now um, picky about my colors. I feel like I have had vehicles in every color I've liked. So now, as long as it's not an ugly color, my car, my color, my car. My car is like a, a deep red, not magenta, but it's a, a deep crystal red. Not my first choice, but I'm totally fine with it. Um, and, ha- and I've had a lot of cars over the years. Not as many as my brothers had, but I've had a lot. Let me, st- uh, the Neon, the Focus, the Tiburon, uh, the Pilot, another Tiburon, then a Hyundai Genesis. Then I got scared into going to SUVs all the time. A Mazda CX-30, I think. Uh, six, seven SUV type. Then after that, it was Ford Escape, then a Tucson, another Tucson, and now my Mazda CX-30, which is like the smaller hatchback. And my brothers had like three times as many cars as that. With BMW, they're going to offer you 32 colors, and you can literally change the color of your car by the day. So if you're like, ah, what a black car today. It matches my outfit. Make it black. If you're feeling more vibrant, you can make it one of the other colors that they offer in this rainbow. Or you can mix the colors together and that's how they advertised it. Or, or the pictures I saw from um, the Consumer Electronics, whatever it is, CES. It was. It looked tie-dyed. It was a, a rainbow, a menagerie of all different colors. That's kind of neat. Um, you know what? I don't like the color of my car today. Or, or I haven't cleaned it, so let me make it this color um that thing that i'm not good at i'm not good with patience and i've gotten better at this honestly because it helps with engagement on social media like the more you interact on social the more you'll see someone's stuff or they'll see yours go message somebody on on facebook messenger you will automatically start seeing their stuff even if you have never meshed with their posts before um, I'm not good at getting gifts. I'm not good at receiving gifts. And this kind of aligns with um, what Sarah Hegarty, my friend, told me years and years ago. I never put my my birthday up. I hit all that birthday info on social media. But then I put it back up for engagement purposes. And I'd like to see who wishes me a happy birthday and how do they do it? Like, are you just some random person throwing something up there because you saw a notification? Sarah's like, let people wish you a happy birthday. I'm like, why? I don't. I don't even celebrate my birthday. She said, it allows people to celebrate you in their life. Got it. That makes sense. So it's not about me because I don't want it to be about me. So it can be about them. Totally cool. I am terrible at receiving gifts. And yesterday, uh, two people that I'm pretty close with, uh, a work friend, a coworker, a work friend, and a friend outside of work gave me stuff. Stuff, gifts, whatever it is. I dis I greatly dislike receiving them. Um, and I am quite honest and forthcoming about receiving these things. Um, you, I might have mentioned before the holiday, I received a Hanukkah gift. It was a shirt that was my thing, but it wasn't going to fit. So I re-gifted it. Um, this one friend got me a, a gingerbread Batman Funko Pop. I have three Funko Pops. Um, and I am obviously Batman stuff. And I told my friend, I was like, can I, I'm, and we were joking. I'm just going to put this on eBay. I don't want it. I am very bad at receiving gifts. And I know you thought of me and you're like, I want to get this for Eric or I'm going to grab this and give it to him. I know that you're thinking of me. I deeply appreciate it. But I got to tell you, the batting average is really low when people give me stuff in that vein. Like, oh, I'm thinking of Eric. Let me, 
buy him this or get him this and give it to him. The batting average is really low with stuff that is super meaningful to me. So I don't like getting stuff. I feel I feel bad throwing it away. I feel I feel bad telling you that I don't want it. Even to your face. I feel worse not telling you that I didn't want it. And then I'm going to throw it away. I feel bad. I feel worse not telling you that. So I'd rather feel bad telling you I didn't want this. Um, I am fortunate. My, my mindset is of I'm fortunate. And trust me, I want a lot of stuff. My Amazon cart is as filled as anybody else. In fact, if you're if you see something and you think of me and you're like, Eric might like that, let me just send you to my Amazon cart instead. Okay? This and again, I'm the person of like when it comes to gift exchanges, birthdays, holidays. If you spend 30 bucks on me and I spend 30 bucks on you, why don't we just keep our own 30 bucks and buy it for ourselves? I know it's the the idea of giving gifts and the thought behind it. I, and I, I deeply do appreciate the thought and the sentiment you thinking of me. But I'm fortunate where if I want something, and again, I want a lot of things, I'll just buy it for myself. And again, the batting average of somebody giving me something that I want is extremely low. Very low. Although, let me say this. A couple weeks ago before the break, Robin, my friend here, uh, who works at the, the front desk, she's kind of become like my... Mary Beth Zolik, uh, my friend that passed away, I used to work with. She worked at the river for a long time. She was like my Toledo mom, uh, my my iHeart Radio mom. Robin is quickly becoming my my cumulus Toledo mom. I she's got candy up front, and I grabbed the blow pop, and she saw that I really like blow pops. She bought me a black a bag of blow pops. That was super meaningful. I, I like that was important. Like I liked that. I blew through them. Again, low batting average. Um, I read, and if you don't like gory inflation, current event stuff, uh, you can you can just shut this down now, and I don't know when we'll be back. But I read a story yesterday that 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 frightened me. When it comes to, oh, please tell me I saved the link. Uh, how Uber surge prices explain the Fed's inflation miss. Uh, when it comes to inflation and whatnot, I think you might have heard me say if you're here for it. I just wish they'd leave it alone. Things will fix themselves. Okay, back to this. I almost want to read you the entire article. My two general takeaways are it's almost like the Fed has brought, the old line, has brought a knife to a gunfight when it comes to inflation. Or a more apt analogy would be they're they're buying food when we really need other kinds of supplies because they're doing things in a traditional way. And as I thought, when the the 70s stagflation terror happened, it was similar to what's going on now, but not the same in a lot of ways. Um, I'll read you some of this. As inflation surged over the last two years, the Fed and leaving, leading private sector forecasters were persistently behind the curve, seeing it as a temporary phenomenon that would eventually fade. The Fed's not done a real good job with this. It hasn't. And the Fed has a new essay out this morning. Um, the useful metaphor from the Minneapolis Fed President, Neil Kashkari. Um, he thinks the Fed's rate should go up to like 5.4%, which is higher than what the Fed projects. And the metaphor, the analogy is what happened in 2021 to what happens to pricing of an Uber or Lyft during a rainstorm when demand surges faster than supply can keep up. So when it rains and more people want ride shares, the prices go up. Um, what I took from this was 
as we can kind of glean, uh, sure, your your wages have gone up, but prices have gone up as well. And this article doesn't explicitly say it, but it's what I'm taking from it. Um, and I'm not calling every corporation or business of any Goliath size or miniature size greedy, but this seems to be happening a lot. That's why the inflation continues to not rage, but slow a, a lot. It's coming down a lot slower than the Fed expected, which is why the, I'm looking at the Fed. Just They're probably like scratching their heads, looking at each other going, why isn't this working? Well, this is, this is why. Because it seems like for all the cost of goods going up and all the costs that businesses are incurring, they're just, and you probably know this, sliding it off to the consumer. We got to raise our employees' wages. Fine, we're gonna slide it off to what we're we're charging you for goods. Uh, our costs are, are going up for supplies and whatever else. Not a problem. We're not gonna reduce our profits. We're just gonna slide it off to the consumer. So what the Fed is doing by raising the interest rates is not really fighting this problem. And maybe it it is in the sense that as interest rates go up, uh, people have less money available. With less money available, there's more supply, costs come down. But I think it's happening so slowly because the, and this has happened, I guess, with with big with big uh, with big purchases, cars, homes, and whatnot. It's worked there, but for the everyday stuff that we need, like what if our eggs like eight dollars now, like it's not affecting those things, and that's where it needs to be affected. So if you're going to Kroger to buy eggs, yeah, that person has finally got the raise that they wanted, but they and everybody else are paying so much more to pay for their own raise. This was um. I can't summarize this article well enough. I'm certainly not going to read it to you. I suggest you uh, give it a look. And it's exactly what my, 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 it's my microeconomic mind on macroeconomic problems. Again, it's exactly what I thought. Like the Fed should stick their nose out of this and let things fix themselves. Because what they're doing is not working. Not at the speed or pace any of us expect. And something I spoke to my financial guy yesterday who I buy stocks with and he helps with investments. And he put a great word on what I think will happen. And I like to think I've been pretty close for somebody who knows so little about economics. I said, I think we're already in a recession because you probably keep hearing a recession is certain in 2023. To what degree, we don't know. I said, I think some people are already in a recession. And I've said this before. Like there are people on the who are extremely low income. They've been in a recession since the beginning of COVID. He called it a rolling recession. I like that. And if you see Amazon, I think is going to let go of 18,000 employees and a lot of tech companies have let go of a lot of employees because they were making tons of money, but they probably, now that they're not making that kind of money and their costs have gone up, they go, our staffs are bloated. Like I know Twitter is kind of a train wreck right now, but maybe they had a bloated staff and that's, it's smart by Elon Musk to cut some costs and jobs. And I don't want to see people lose jobs, but in the tech sector, these are like high-value, well-paid, white-collar employees. So instead of working at Amazon or Tesla or these these tech companies, maybe these people will go into other private sector jobs, healthcare, other places, where maybe they're not paid as well, but they're treated better and they're far more valued to these companies and they can help some of these smaller businesses get into better places. And again, maybe the recession to this point is 
happening. The beginning of the rolling recession has hit the tech companies and it will trickle down. So the recession might be longer than you'd expect, but it's not going to hit everybody at the same time. I'm sorry if this was super confusing. The short version is um, I was right. The Fed needs to keep their nose out of things because businesses and corporations are doing circles around the Fed trying to beat inflation. That's what I should. That's what I should have said from the outset. Oh, and one more thing. Um, and now an analogy I'll use is like, what do they say? You, you need a crook to catch a crook. Maybe we should have some of these crooked corporations making the decisions that the Fed is working on. I wanted to say that too earlier.